0: Welcome to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. The
1: Yeah. Where we discuss everything you need to know and perhaps some things you don't about how to fail forward in Young Adult Ministry. These monthly podcasts discuss culture topics, interview guests,
0: cover books, and rift on anything else that we feel like is relevant. Hello, my name is Kenny. I live in the Boise, Idaho area where I'm the volunteer director with my local
1: church young adult ministry. And I'm Chris in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm on staff with the University Christian Fellowship as a church engagement catalyst and the National Coordinator for Campus Mission, which is an outreach of the Church of the Nazarene to college and university students.
0: And I'm Jeremy in Nashville, Tennessee, where I serve as the university pastor and community engagement pastor at Tribeca Community Church and here, here we go, go. here we go go hi chris hey what's up k does we've been talking for over an hour about conversations that the world will never know about nor do they need to off the record off the record and it has been a sheer delight who knew we'd have so much to catch up on when just like a couple weeks ago, we talked on the phone for like an hour. And here we are again. Minus Um, minus one, Jeremy Sullivan height, Jeremy Sands height. We are without him.
1: We are missing our, our millennial uh, expert.
0: We're yeah. We're, we're missing the person that really brings authenticity to this podcast. And that's unfortunate for us. However, um, it's not for lack of effort, is it? I mean, we've is this our third attempt at a scheduling and there's a funeral in their church today and Jeremy is a pastor and present and with his people and I love that not that there's a funeral, but that Jeremy loves his people.
1: yeah, he should be pastorally caring for others today
0: well, and i I think of him as a archetype of who I want to be when I grow up in many ways. And so I recommended him, this is just a plug for the millennial pastor podcast that I'm throwing in here. But when John Wren's hosting this, I recommended Jeremy to be somebody interviewed as a millennial pastor, Nazarene pastor. So we'll see how that one goes. For sure. Yeah. If you can't get with us in our podcast, Jeremy, I'm going to recommend you to other places so that you still have to do a podcast. That's, that's the message.
1: Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Sullivan Height is the man. Okay. But and we miss him, but hey, we'll carry we on.
0: We do. And we're going to carry on. Um and what Jeremy and I were going to interview you together, I think I solo interviewed you about last year was the Pilgrimage on the Appalachian Trail and your annual trek. And the cool stuff that god does in your life that you learn about yourself the people that you encounter the coffee that you grind and drink while you're in route uh all those things maybe we get into gear i don't know i don't know all the things i'm going to ask you chris but we're going to debrief your appalachian trail experience today how many times have you had conversations about this since you've been back like have you had have you had a proper debrief yet is this is this gonna finally be the time that you really get to unpack it
1: this is uh this is the only official debrief i would say i mean i'm always sharing informally with people that want to know what that was all about and why i carve out two weeks a year now to do that 10 days two weeks something like that give or take yeah, yeah, it just depends on how it goes, how long it is. If it's going well, I'll stay out for two weeks. If it's not going well, I'm, you know, it, 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 as long as I get a week on the trail, that seems to accomplish the the major, the primary purpose of, of the outing. So this was the third year that I've done kind of this long section hike sort of thing. Although hiking the AT has been on my bucket list since way back in the youth ministry days, so for 15 years I've been plotting um, section hikes of the AT, but it really took the pandemic to sort of kick it into actuality. So, uh, but yeah, this was the third year, so um, so this trip um, I picked up where I left off um, with about 75 miles. Left to hike in Tennessee, so I uh, drove to Damascus, Virginia, and then hired a shuttle driver to drive me a couple of hours southwest back down into Tennessee, and started at Station 19E. It's close to a one of the bed and breakfast hostel places called Mountain Harbor Inn, something like that. They have a famous breakfast, one of the best breakfasts you can enjoy on the Appalachian Trail, is at the Mountain Harbor. Uh, So anyway, I picked up there and started hiking to Damascus, Virginia, and then uh, took a break in Damascus, and then kept hiking almost to Bland, Virginia. So I hiked about 150 miles this time in nine or 10 days. Um, And yeah, yeah, it was the first time of hiking in the fall for me. I started... Oh, really? I started let me look at the calendar it was early October
0: have you typically done it like in summertime because you're not going to the winter I'm it seemed like it was fall last year when I was interviewing you about this and
1: you You last year I did a spring hike so it was in early May um and it's been a
0: year and a half since you've been on the trail
1: yeah yeah wow okay Yeah. So that was a long stretch. I was getting itchy, itchy to hike. Um, The first year, 2020, that summer, I actually did a June, July, and that was a three week trip. I kicked it off with a longer hike um, because I had kind of given myself a sabbatical of sorts. Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, I did 23 days on the trail back in 2020 and that was June, July. And so the heat of the summer is not the best time for backpacking. Although when you're up at elevation, you're up at four and 5,000 feet elevation, you know, it still gets down in the 50s sometimes at night. Um,
0: That's my backyard here in Boise. No big, come on.
1: So that was pretty nice, but you did have a lot of mosquitoes and bugs during the heat of the day, which is the worst part about summer backpacking. Uh, the spring hike last year was was pretty good, but it still got down into the upper 20s at night at times. So that's a little bit chilly. Um, But if you have the right gear, I mean, weather, you know, cold weather's not, not too bad. In fact, it's, I, cold weather is better really for, for hiking. Most people would say um, to deal with bugs and just so you're, if you could hike, you know, in about 50 degrees, um, because most days when you're when you're hiking like a section hike or like through hikers who take four to six months and just do nothing but hike to do the whole trail, Um, you know, you tend to hike most days you're hiking anywhere from eight to 12 hours at a time. And so that 50 to 60 degree temp is ideal. Um, mm. You can probably get
0: a little hot, though, still. I mean, oh, when yeah. you get your blood pumping and 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 you just you heat up you have to dress in layers and start shedding stuff right
1: yeah yeah you're constantly sweating through layers of whatever so um trying to stay dry from sweat is often a challenge um so yeah and you're carrying anywhere from you know most people if if they've gotten disciplined about their pack weight, you know, most people are carrying about 30 pounds, 25, Mm. 35 pounds at any point, depending on how much much food you're carrying. Um, The nice thing about the AT is unlike the Pacific crest trail or the continental divide trail, some of those other longer trails, you don't have as many resupply options along the way. So, uh, but the AT uh, really you never have to pack more than 3 days worth of food. Um you're always going to come across a dollar general or a gas station. Oh really? Something Is yeah, that there's... something
0: you have to like shoot off the trail and go into town to find? It's like right along the trail.
1: Sometimes. So the trail mm-hmm. will will cross, you know, certain roads and intersections and so yeah. Or there's shuttle drivers everywhere. You can you can hit a road crossing almost anywhere on the AT and call up there's an app that hikers use called Far Out and it's got uh names and numbers of shuttle drivers in the area it's got kind of a crowdsourced bit of information in the app where other hikers leave information of hostels or shuttle drivers or things like that so as long as you get can get a cell signal you can at any point call up a shuttle and say hey pick me up at this gap at this road and um, take me into town Hmm. cool that'll cost you anywhere from 20 to 40 bucks a pop so you have to be careful how many times you do that it's going to mount up financially but
0: that's cheaper than an uber to the airport for a lot of my trips yeah yeah
1: yeah i'd say the first year i probably spent between three and five hundred dollars on shuttles um now that includes sometimes like basically wherever you park you know you can either hike away from your vehicle and then shuttle back to it or park at your end spot and then get a shuttle driver to take you back to where you want to start hiking then hike to your vehicle either way though you're going to have if you're do, trying to do 200 miles at a time you're going to have a, a two to three hundred dollar shuttle thing so that's just something you kind of have to budget right budget as well yeah but yeah yeah Uh, so hiking in the fall was different because the leaves were beautiful i hit almost at like peak foliage in that southern mm. area which was beautiful but the there were so many leaves covering the trail that it made the hiking a little more difficult as far as a little slippy yeah or just stepping in holes stepping on rocks when you can't see the terrain as well covered in leaves you can make a lot more little mistakes with your foot placement are they like um, crunchy
0: leaves or are they like are they, is it more just like it's slippery?
1: It just depends. It would change based on what kind of trees you know, you're hiking through at the time. There were times where they were just giant crispy leaves and other times where it was you know, little you know, and and parts of the trail can be moist and damp and um but other times it's dry and so you hmm. have this ambient noise of scooting through leaves the whole time you're hiking which becomes like a white noise background sort of thing i i love that sound it's
0: one of my like i if i'm yeah. walking on a sidewalk and there's like grass with leaves in it i'm gonna walk in the grass with with leaves and kick my feet because i know that that sounds not going to be around much longer i just i love that sound i love the smell of that i
1: it's there's something
0: about that that's this life-giving
1: for me I have about a two minute video of just my feet going through leaves. So, uh, do you really <laughs> kind of capturing some of that? Yeah. How, how how much, how much do you want for that? Like, I mean, we need a Venmo ASMR effect for you. Yeah, totally. I'll all pay food. for that, Chris. I'll pay for it. I didn't think about monetizing that. Hmm. Yeah, you should. I mean, let
0: me beta test it for you first, but then you can monetize it. Yeah. I like that. Well, do you, um, I love the free flow of you just kind of sharing about getting into it. I, I've got a few questions to ask you. Do you want to keep flowing or do you want me to get into some questions?
1: Um. Well, before you ask questions, I guess sometimes I just like to tell, give people sort of the why. Um,
0: that was my first question.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some people um, are curious about, you know, why I would want to go spend two weeks hiking and living out of a tent or living in shelters along the AT. Um, And we can talk more about that, what that looks like and stuff, but it's really, it is a pilgrimage for me. It is a, uh, it's become a necessary annual trek um, for just my own spiritual rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it really is about, kind of prayer and i often use the the hashtag hike or pray with your feet um this this time the solvitur ambulando which is an italian phrase um that comes from the camino de santiago um that pilgrimage that people take across uh across spain the way of saint james is a famous pilgrimage um solvitur ambulando means it's solved by walking and so i just think there's something pretty deeply spiritual about walking about walking long distances about pilgrimage about um putting um like a physical uh challenge and journey in place as a way to uh achieve some some spiritual achieves not the right word but to pos- kind of position yourself to um do something physically that uh, has spiritual great spiritual impact so really that's to me that's kind of the basics of pilgrimage like what pilgrimage is all about hmm. is about taking a physical journey that really has more of a spiritual um will you say that again what, what's the what's the it's a latin phrase or is it an italian sol- phrase sol-vitur, solvitur ambulando solvitur it is solved ambulando by walking Um, so that's a, that's just kind of a general phrase that a lot of, um, pilgrims, a lot of pilgrimage takers, um, I think use, especially the way, um, the Camino de Santiago. Um, but I use it, I use it quite a bit. Anytime I'm going for a hike, a prayer hike, what I call a prayer hike. Um, so for me, this is a prayer hike. I mean, there's definitely a part of me that, uh, loves backpacking. It loves being out on the trail and the AT, uh, the Appalachian trail, Appalachian trail, if you're Southern, um, has, uh, I mean, like a just significant role in my life. Uh, just, uh, it's come to be a trail that I love and enjoy and one that I want to, uh, conquer in some ways. So I'd like to hike this entire trail. Um, not as a through hiker i don't think i'm ever going to take six months and and do it start to finish it's a 2200 mile ish trail um from georgia to maine going through 14 states um so but this trail has become sort of my the primary location for my my pilgrimages this, this annual one
0: so you are is the goal to like to piece it all together so each year do you pick up from where you left off or you just pick parts of the trail you're going to do in a certain time frame
1: and till you get the whole 2200 defeated accomplished for me i like i like the progression and kind of the purest experience of starting right where i left off each time and hiking continuously northbound some people will do section hikes and they'll basically cherry pick like some of the best sections of the trail and just kind of do those. And if your goal was, if you never cared about completing the trail, that would probably be the best way to go is kind of like plot out what are some of the the most scenic sections, the best sections or some of the easier sections or whatever your, your criteria might be. But, um, for me, I like to hike it in succession uh, so i literally don't skip a mile i start exactly where i leave off if i was to if i was to finish you know at mile 471 but then the next year start at mile 473 like I would, oh yeah that drives me crazy lose, i'd be like what i would lose sleep over that i would have guilt yeah. <laughs> yeah. nightmares so i literally start where my last foot placement was um Totally and yeah so so this year i picked off i picked up at like what was the mileage i think i was just short of the 500 mile mark so i started at like 4 470 ish and then hiked basically to 630 ish so you've uh, done 500 miles of the 2200 so now i've done about 650 miles total okay so i did right, right on 300 miles the first year, 200 miles the next year, and then 150 this year.
0: Now, am I remembering right that last year ended with an injury? Was that last year?
1: Yes. Yeah, last year climbing Roan Mountain, um, I slipped and uh, cracked a rib, took a fall, um, and hiked for two more days after that, but had to pull the plug on that one. Although I was still eleven or twelve days in, so it was still a it was a decent trip, but yeah, it ended a little abruptly. Um, this year, no injuries, no real problems. I, congrats. I had some Achilles tendonitis issues, which is a recurring problem for me back from the marathon days. Um, so days two and three were really rough. Whenever you're whenever you start hiking and you're trying to build back up to your mileage, um, that can be the toughest sort of stage of the hike is just kind of getting your legs used to to doing that again. Um, but I also did some training and I, I was able to start like my first day I hiked 16 miles, which is a pretty long day. That's most people when they just kind of jump back on the trail, will try to schedule like an eight to 10 mile day. Um, and then kind of work up from there. Um, my hope was to average 20 miles a day for most of the trip. So I, I did like a 16, a 17, a 16, and then a 22 and a 26 and a 20. Wow. So the first few days were 15 to 20 miles a day and the last five or six days were 20 plus miles a day.
0: Were you feeling like you were just getting warmed up or were you feeling kind of under the gun where it's like, oh, I had
1: some lower days and so I need to put in more mileage? Um. Yeah, I always feel a little bit of pressure of like trying to hit the mileage goals that I want. But again, the primary purpose is spiritual. It is prayer. It is being out in God's good creation. And, and um, so the... So even if I don't hit the mileage goals necessarily, that's OK if I if I feel like I get what I need from the, the trail, so to speak, um, during the trip. And so so this was a really good trip in that in that way. Um, sometimes I have kind of a, a theme or a certain scripture or a certain something. Um, you had a word that you were posting each day that was kind of the focus for each day yeah and sometimes those were just kind of coming to me during the day as I was hiking it just seemed like whatever the spirit was kind of um, whatever groove I was kind of falling into in terms of prayer or whatever Um, like that was
0: what was surfacing and kind of what you realized was kind of the theme of coming out of the day because I thought you were following a guide I I was like oh i wonder where this guide's at that he's got where he's got a word he's like you know it's like a far side calendar that's got a theme to it and each day here's the word to focus on type thing but the the you were creating your own and so each day you're presenting these and connecting them it's coming from your journey with the lord on the trail yeah that's cool
1: yeah it was it was not a guide or not a pre-planned pre-meditated i'm a, i'm i'm the wing it type um so I like that about you Kind of letting that take shape as i was as i was going um and they were real simple ideas or words you know like i think the first day was something about just listening um and and so i mean sometimes oh, well. when you when you hike for eight to 12 hours straight or eight or ten hours eight hours minimum uh, so pretty much you would or i would start hiking um uh, pretty much when the sun comes up, I'd start the morning rituals and get the coffee going and the oatmeal um, and hopefully be hiking within an hour of waking up. So most mornings I was hiking by 7.30, uh, some mornings a little earlier. Um, Yeah. And then, and usually the first half of the day is pretty focused in, in terms of, you know, prayer. And Psalm 23 is always kind of a mantra for me. So I'll, I'll chew on like one verse of Psalm 23, you know, each day, um, and just kind of focus on that and let God sort of steep my heart and mind in something. Um, But yeah, it can be pretty random. Like, I think it was listen one day, and then gratitude was the next day. And
0: I'm looking at your Instagram right now. The new. If, um, if anybody's listening and wants to look and kind of follow along, it's cbn 71 on the Grams and crispy Bean on Chris on Facebook. But you can see some of the. Did, did you post for every day, or just kind of when you felt like it and you had connection?
1: have a post for every day it didn't happen in real time because sometimes you're not getting a good signal or whatever so there were a couple of days where i didn't post anything but i'd kind of catch up on it the next day um but did you post a word for every day so i had so i had these words and i had you know kind of like my focus or whatever um you know for that day um
0: But yeah, in the, in the journal, I like the one for, I remember reading the one for shakedown
1: Shakedown. on day four. So whenever you're backpacking, um, shakedown is basically, um, figuring out what, what you need and what you don't need. So Mm -hmm. usually within a couple of days, you figure out pretty quickly, like, okay, I didn't need to bring that, um, so you start to get rid of things especially if they're heavy (laughs) so usually the first couple of days is is always kind of a bit of a shakedown and i uh you realize once you start taking these trips you don't need as many clothes as you think you do um so i usually end up dumping a a couple of clothing items in in a hiker box uh, somewhere there's At every shelter, there's a hiker box where people just leave stuff um, that they don't want anymore. You can and the next person can utilize it if they need it. Yeah, people can grab stuff out of there. People will leave fuel, you know, for your camp stove. They'll leave. Um, I mean, I've seen shoes, Crocs, um, you know, Crocs, camp camp shoes. There's a big debate out there whether or not you should take camp shoes um, or not. You know. And I hike with a pair of like minimalist kind of sandals um, just for hanging around camp. Or sometimes if you have to go through any water, it's nice to be able to throw on some crocs or some sandals and, mm. and not, not get your socks and your hiking shoes wet. Um, and I hike with trail runners. I used a new pair of trail runners this time, some ultras. Um, and they were okay. They were okay. It's a very like a Zero drop very lightweight um shoe with not a lot of support and not a lot of cushioning so <clears throat> not sponsored by ultra in this
0: podcast whatsoever
1: but were they the zero drop ones or do they have a bit of a some support in there i don't know if they're zero drop or not there's a they're definitely not overstable type shoes there's not a lot of cushioning or whatever uh, I did change out when I got to Damascus. I got back to my van and I changed out and went back to my Solomons um, because they were just a little sturdier. Um, especially when you're hiking on rocks. Yeah. I mean, my feet were starting to get really bruised from the thin soles of the ultras. So I switched to the Solomons and that was better.
0: They have some big slugs on them. Or are, they, are they
1: trail specific?
0: Or were they like the speed cross? Or what, what Solomons are they?
1: They are not the minimalist solomons but they're not very bulky they're um i want to say they're the 3x it's like an x uh it's an ultra x solomon um or a 3x solomon something like that yeah i know what you're talking about they're 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 not cortex are they no they're um they're still fairly lightweight um like i don't do heavy boot type hiking shoes i like i like having lighter weight shoes that dry out quickly um -hmm. that are just don't feel heavy and clunky on your feet yeah gotcha Um, yeah
0: i i'm curious when you're on the trail are you encountering people that are just like they live in the area and part of their exercise routine is to walk or run or walk their dogs or or whatever
1: Yeah, a little bit in certain areas you definitely get some just day hiker types, people who are out um yeah, with their dog. Or you know, I bumped into a few couples who are out hiking together and a few trail runners here and there who have a vest on with their water and they're, you know, running at a decent little pace. Yeah. And then you bump into through hikers. So I was bumping into southbounders who were trying to finish the trail this year. So Most there was a bit of a bubble of Southbounders coming through that had about 30 days left on the trail. And they were about to head into the smokies in a pretty chilly uh season. So mid to late October in the smokies, you can definitely have some snow and some issues there. So um, but it was fun to you bump into people who've been hiking for four months already and just hear some stories and like they've been doing it consecutively.
0: Yeah. For wow
1: i feel like i can handle snow
0: but not wet like rain or drizzle or mist um or snow that's really wet and then my gear gets wet and my feet are wet and my hand not like i'm, I'm not a hiker like you know, i'm just saying for like the little stuff that i've done or like snowshoeing running right. my hands get cold my feet get cold i'm like you're taking me out
1: yeah if you can stay dry i mean the cold and the snow is not bad but if it, yeah if, it, if you get soggy wet and cold that's rough um but yeah, I'd rather hike in snow than rain. Um, Mm -hmm. but if the snow is deep, then you're post-holing, and that's very fatiguing. You know, if, if you're, if you're going down to your knee or halfway up your shin into the snow, that's, that can be a pain. Now I've, I've never really hiked much of a distance in that kind of snow, thankfully, but I've heard some stories of, you know, people who are, You know, they're sinking down to their crotch, you know, and some snow through the Smokies and stuff like that.
0: Are there people that intentionally do it in winter and then
1: bring like skis or snowshoes? I'm sure there are. I'm sure. Crazy. All kinds of people out there with all kinds of ideas and philosophies. And and of course, some people who, I mean, I've bumped into some people who only hike in the winter. Like, again, because of the bugs or the heat, that kind of stuff, they just won't hike during you know, summer, or even late spring, early fall. Um, so, yeah, all kinds. I mean, there's not, there's few things more beautiful than, you know, waking up to a fresh snow on a mountain, mm-hmm. kind of hiking through that and the, the silence, the muffled, you know, ambient noise around you or lack of it. And I mean, that that's awesome. That's beautiful. But I mean, there's challenges to each of the, weather conditions and stuff. Um, Interesting thing about usually on my hikes, I've seen a lot more critters, a lot more snakes. Um, I've seen some bears in the past, but this time I saw very little. um, So most of the snakes I think were already tucked away in their holes for cold weather. Um, I saw one snake actually this whole time and it it wasn't an exciting snake, just a normal snake, but I've I had one hike with two rattlesnakes encounters. That was fun, but nothing major this time. saw a few deer, lots of squirrels and bunnies. Um, I didn't see any wild turkeys. Usually you see a few wild turkeys. Um, Yeah, and it's amazing how big a squirrel sounds when it's romping through the woods. (laughs) And you think, oh my goodness, there's a bear coming and it turns out to be a little squirrel and it's kind of embarrassing you thought that was a bear
0: do you do you have proximity to like mountain lions puma cougar
1: i have seen uh some evidence of some kind of mountain kitty Um, (laughs) oh that's so quaint i've never encountered um, one definitely i've heard um the coyotes at night occasionally um but i've never bumped into a coyote on the trail i have seen a fox um not just my wife but um easy easy buddy yeah that's i mean it's always fun there was a bit of a bear scare this time because i was a southbounder had just uh, bumped into me at a shelter we stopped there to like Eat lunch, hang out for a minute, and it was raining. It was the one day we had rain. um, And he had just had a bear encounter Hmm. um, a couple miles north of me. So, where I was heading, uh, there was apparently a bear in the area, and it had um, kind of gotten aggressive with him. Like sometimes they'll kind of bluff charge you. You won't, you'll hear them, but you probably won't see them typically. And they smell you come and they hear you come long before you are aware of them. Now, this particular day in the rain, sometimes the rain um camouflages the sounds and the smells, so you can actually kind of almost like sneak up on a bear, like you can surprise a bear in the rain because the noise of the rain and whatever mm. doesn't give them that early warning. Um, and sometimes the smells are not traveling quite like they would normally. So I think that's what happened to this guy. He had hiked up on this bear in the rain um and kind of spooked the bear so so anyway there for a few miles i was hiking hoping i actually did not encounter that bear your senses are peaked yeah yeah the amygdala was firing on all cylinders (laughs) i had my my trucking poles i had one of them like shrunk down to like dagger size i thought you know if i have to fight off a bear if i you know i was thinking of this old movie i saw where they you know, killed a bear that attacked them and fell onto a a sharp a spear. spear. You know, yeah, that, that kind of trick. I thought I need to have some kind of trick. Um, Instinct. Yeah, the movie I'm thinking of. You know, what happens if a bear attacks you? Like, what do you, what do you aim for? Do you go? You know, wait till he's about to bite you in the head and then shove the sharp implement you know into his throat. You think about that stuff though. Or do you try to yeah. catch him? eyeballs you grab him by the eyeballs and you know you got to do something that would annoy the bear so much he would just leave um but of course he's gonna swipe at you before you ever get close enough to do any of that so i don't know it was it was interesting for a few hours just to have all those things going through your head survival like, you know, what do i do or do i just pull off the pack open my food bag dump some things on the ground and then run away you know decoy let yeah let them- let him sift through my food bag while I run.
0: What about, what about like
1: interesting people you
0: encounter on the trail and conversations that you have that kind of linger and stay with you and you, you process more as you're hiking. And then once you get home, any, any interesting human animal encounters?
1: For sure. For sure. Um, not this time, but one of my hikes, I had a. I mean, I'm, I'm much more nervous about human encounters than animal encounters hmm. on the trail. Because um, there's some shady folks. Um, and there's some scary things that happen on the trail. And, you know, at least two or three people seem to be murdered on the trail each year. Really? At some point. Yeah, but it's very fortunate. It's hard to track and figure out, like why it happened or how it happened or what you know whatever but um like i encountered somebody who just didn't look like a hiker they the stuff they were carrying was kind of weird and they were bleeding from their face as if they had been in a fight or something and they started just kind of like i passed them at a bridge and then they started hiking behind me and it just the the tingling spider sense thing kind of went off and you're like This is making me nervous. This guy following me now. That was this trip. No, that was last. That was last time. Um, but that just caused me to start hiking at a very fast pace and to hike farther than I planned on hiking (laughs) that day. Get away. (laughs) Get clear. Well, if he's if he's following me, he's going to have to hike a long time to catch. Yeah, and he's hurt. (laughs) He's bleeding already. So, um, this year I didn't have any negative human encounters um really good positive encounters it's always fun to come up on a on a shelter uh, which is like a three-sided cabin it's like a one room log structure usually sometimes they're cinder block or whatever and just uh, a wood floor or plywood um and it's just enough to throw down sleeping pads and most of the, the most of the at shelters could sleep anywhere from six to some of them are double-decker and you could sleep as many as 12 or 15 people in a Mm. shelter. (laughs) But it's always nice to come to a shelter where typically there's a picnic table and every seven to 10 miles on the trail, there's a shelter um, Mm. usually. And so I kept coming up on these shelters and I was hiking up till dark usually. And, you know, people had like a fire going. And that's always nice when you come into a shelter and it's, you know, 45, 50 degrees, getting chilly, and there's a fire going. So I met some really cool people. Um, one particular guy, he, he had set up, um he was supposed to hang out with a buddy, and then his buddy canceled on him. So he was at this shelter by himself, but he had brought, I mean, he had the firewood all staged and come to find out he works in the foresting department. So he, <laughs> he had like all this, firewood like categorized by uh varietal of the tree like the birches here the hickories here uh he had it. he knows which wood burns best first and last and all this kind of stuff so it was the best bonfire it was the best campfire i've ever experienced nice um and then just really good conversation with this total stranger you know who we end up talking for a while and he's been married for seven years, but doesn't have any kids yet. And they're trying to decide whether or not to start having kids. And um, we talk about marriage stuff. We talk about all kinds of intimate details of, of married life. And, you know, so it's, it's fun to have sometimes those random connections. Another mm-hmm. night I, I bumped into these five dudes who are all retirement age or older. So the youngest was like 65 and the oldest was like 75, 77 and they were they were quite an enjoyable um crew to to camp out with that night so so you meet a lot of cool people the first year i did the hike uh, i ended up hiking with a guy who is like a hot air balloon pilot and he was retired actually he was turning 60 on the trail i was turning 50 that year um so he was a pretty staunch atheist like you know he he was really interested in my life and pastoral ministry kind of stuff and whatever so we had some real interesting conversations we ended up hiking together for about 10 days sometimes you find people on the trail they're just hiking at your pace and you just connect so it's not like you hike side by side the whole day you just kind of keep yo-yoing on the trail but then you Mm. land at the spot and camp out together that night. So it's kind of nice sometimes to have that those kind of people. Um, because it's a little creepy sometimes to be like setting up tent and camping out all by yourself and there's nobody around. Then you just kind of wonder who's coming by and mm-hmm. going on. So if you got somebody you're
0: comfortable with then you feel like there's a little bit of stability and security there. And it's like, okay, I've already got a person. Somebody else shows up and they're weird and there's two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Or especially if you're if you come up on somebody who's seems a little bit off, and you'll definitely bump into folks who are dealing with some mental health issues or might be homeless. Um, there are just some folks who can make you feel a little bit at unease. Sure, um, especially female hikers who are out, and there's all kinds of stories on the trail of you know girls who as they're hiking and setting up camp they just get a bad vibe from somebody and just start packing back up and hike keep hiking it's messed they, up man that kind of thing so i'm always kind of on the lookout um for that kind of person too just to um just so they feel comfortable and su- supported and whatever kind of Another protector role yeah yeah I mean, you have to be careful because you can come off creepy to a total stranger like that, too. Sure. But but having daughters, you know, that definitely makes me sensitive to any female who's out there hiking and going through some of that kind of discomfort stuff. Um, Yeah.
0: Do Do you have anything from this pilgrimage journey between you and the Lord that you feel like isn't too intimate or personal to share from from this specific jaunt on the AT um and if you and I mean I know that I know that you do you've shared with me like briefly but it's okay if you don't want to share that with everybody else I just wondered if you had something um
1: yeah, I mean, it seems like each time, this is the third year I've done this long section hike, um, each time I kind of have a certain goal or even a need, I would say, that I'm kind of bringing to God in prayer as as I hike. Um, and this hike, actually, I was dealing with, um, as you know, I was dealing with some anxiety, some stuff going on that has really kind of thrown a curveball at me over the past couple of months, um, past few months now. Um, so I would say that that was an area where I was really prayerfully seeking some peace and some guidance to figure out um, what's going on, like why why am I you know, going through this different sort of battle at this stage of life um, and whatever. So, I mean, I think that was my, as far as just general spiritual rejuvenation and, um, you know, treating this like a, almost like a, a prayer retreat kind of experience. I mean, that's always a general sort of thing and just trying to reconnect with God on a deeper level just to go a little deeper in prayer and things like that that's always a general you know kind of goal but this one specifically i was really looking for some answers i was really leaning into some prayer and focusing on some some words like hope Hmm. uh, and trust Uh, trust was a big word i was trying to figure out what it looks like to trust god in a some uncharted waters some areas you know where i'm I'm struggling with some things that have not typically been my struggles over the years um so i would say that was that turned out to be my primary need you know during this hike was just to get some sense of peace and I guess a, an ability to trust God with this, this new, you know, little battle and what whatever's going on, um, which I'm still trying to figure out, honestly, like what's, what's going on. Um, and so I wouldn't say that I, you know, figured it out. And it's, I think rare that you're, you're ever going to, you know, walk away from an experience like this, where you, You get everything that you need from God, you know, wrapped up in a nice little uh, package with a bow. Um, But I think anytime you, and I mean, this this is where I think this, what I am doing on the trail with pilgrimage is the kind of thing that I think anyone can do and transfer into various kind of ways in your life is to Um, just be intentional about taking time to remove as many distractions in your, in your life as possible and dig deep into prayer, dig deep into listening prayer (coughs) and not just a yammering kind of prayer where you just kind of vomit and vent with God, but um, the kind of prayer where you really listen and really um try to hear truth up against some of the thoughts and you know as far as me with anxiety or some of the negative um kind of emotional thinking issues I've been dealing with um I think it was helpful it's just helpful to tune out you know other voices and other distractions um, and I think, you know, any anybody who's engaged in ministry in any form or fashion, volunteer, paid, pastor, leader, whatever, teacher, plumber, you know, what. however you're engaging, you know, in ministry or in your spiritual life, um, I mean, I think pilgrimage is something to consider, pilgrimage, whether it could be an intentional walk at a park or any number of different you know ways to accomplish I think pilgrimage and basically, I think there is something about just kind of walking and moving physically while uh, being super thoughtful and prayerful um, that is just a it's a good combination. Um, so for me that was that was the primary thing I was really going into this hike looking for was hey God, give me some. Uh, give me some hope. Give me some direction. And not that I'm not that I'm feeling totally hopeless or in despair, but there's just some things going on that have me feeling less hopeful than usual. Um, and so I feel like some good things happened. Some good things started again. I'm not going to say it. It solved anything, but back to that little phrase, it's solved by walking. I was often praying something like, Hey, God, as I am walking today, would you please do the solving? Would you please um, meet me in the walking with a sense that you're doing the solving? And it wasn't so much like, oh, I'm gonna brainstorm these magic solutions to my problems as I'm walking, but a real sense of walking is going to basically help me drill down into just being very present and not not overthinking past things not overthinking future stuff but just being very present god what are you saying to me right now so anyway the whole experience really helped me it's always what i i think of as kind of recalibrating my soul um I don't know if that word makes a lot of sense to most people in the coffee world. Whenever you are calibrating a piece of equipment, calibrating a grinder, a coffee grinder or an espresso machine or something like that. We use that word a lot to calibrate, um, to reset something so that it it uh, is more accurate. Um, so this experience for me helps recalibrate. It helps reset so that my thoughts, my emotions, my spirit, everything seems to get a little bit more accurate again. Um, yeah. It's
0: good stuff, man. Appreciate you sharing that. And when we get done, if you decide that you want me to <clears throat> rip that away to the secure archives, you just let me know. But I appreciate hearing it again from my my brother and my experience in contemplative prayer and in walking um, having not undertaken a trail hike and trek like you do in this journey each year this pilgrimage is that the payoff often comes later that the it's good to be gone it's good to be away but you come back and you see the reward in the little moments And, and, and the things that connect life together, um, very rarely is it this massive aha or, you know, light shining from heaven. Um, it's about the journey. And so this, this is about you being on the journey and on the walk and taking the time to just be and be present, um, and tend, tend to your soul and tend to who you are as a whole person. Um. But that's just my kind of thoughts floating as I'm as I'm listening to you and jealous of you. And I'm pretty sure last year the la- or last May when we talked about this a year ago, May. that I was like, I'm committing to do this every month and I'm going to have a Sabbath day. Wait, do you remember that? Because I'm remembering that now. And I have not done that. And I want to. I need to. But I you have to choose to. You can't. You can't hope to. I heard one of those cliche things that's so true yesterday of like a a um, a wish is a unrealized dream. No, it was like a a wish is a a goal that you didn't. I can't remember what it is. Dreams and goals and wishes and whatever. It's like no, you got it. You just got to do it. So mm-hmm. sorry, I'm bantering on here. I'm I'm wanting to. Maybe wrap us up if you feel like we're we're coming to kind of wrap up point with with a couple of questions. Do you are you feeling that, or is there unsaid things that need to need to? Yeah,
1: no, that's that's good. All I was thinking there as you were talking a little bit is that, yeah, this in some ways I put too much pressure on in this annual experience to kind of recuperate from a year's worth of of not being as disciplined, like you said, like I've had those times where I've said, okay, I'm going to have a weekly Sabbath day or a weekly, you know, a full day of hiking and prayer or whatever, retreat, something. And then quarterly, I'm going to do this. And then annually, I'm going to do this. And um, yeah, those things are hard to do. But what I've noticed about this, for me, this intense kind of pilgrimage, pilgrimage experience and again, I don't think people have to do something extreme to get benefits of, of pilgrimage and just formation, spiritual formation kind of time. Um, but there does seem to be like each time I do this, something kind of clicks and there's like a, a minor adjustment. I think I'm reading the Atomic Habits book right now, and it's interesting to think through um, that really our lives our lives change and we can reach goals and form new habits and stuff by making very small incremental changes um, that over time will make a big difference. It's very hard sometimes for us to just all of a sudden decide, oh, I'm going to change my life in this drastic way and add this. But it seems like each time I hike, I get a little more kind of uh invested in um you know prayer or this particular approach to prayer or something like that so there's all there's like this cumulative effect of engaging in things like this over time that that make over time it makes a big difference and just keeps adding it just kind of keeps pushing you forward in your own development i think um so even if you can't reach you know like all the major goals, you know, if I at least come away from this hike with a little bit better ability to, um, you know, figure out like how to engage in prayer, um, how to be present, how to uh, listen better or something like that. So anyway, um, yeah, my hope is that each time there's There's a little bit of a lasting effect as far as on my own own spiritual habits, my own uh, approach to prayer and worship and thinking deeply about, you know, life and whatever. Um, So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I know that I could also accomplish that if I was more disciplined in like a weekly or monthly, you know, rhythm. Um, But for whatever reason, this seems I have kind of this extreme personality. Um, and so I tend to do better with some extreme experiences occasionally to just mm-hmm. shake, shake me loose and, uh, create some new, but I, I do think, um, and I was talking to some of the young adults in our, in our ministry at church too, about, you know, cause I come back from this trip and they're you know, a few of the guys are all like, oh, dude, we should go hiking. Let's totally do that. That sounds awesome. So um, we are hoping to plan a little spring break uh three-day hiking getaway uh with a few of the young adults that want to go experience so we'll have they want to get to the Appalachian Trail so I'm going to pick one of the sections that was a lot of fun but we're going to go you're not going to
0: set it up so that you get more miles on 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 your goal overall you're going to go back over places I
1: mean that's an idea that could be you know a good plan but no probably not I think I'd rather take if I'm going to take others and kind of use it as a way to help do some spiritual formation and discipleship in the wilderness with young adults, I like to go places where I'm familiar. I like that. You scouted it.
0: Yeah. The The thing that I was trying to say earlier and tripping over my words was that it was one of the audio books I've been listening to lately. Um, when the day I'm pretty sure that's where I heard it is that without goals, your dreams are just wishes. And that really resonated with me, and also from a, not just in a work, uh, career, vocation, but also spiritually. Like if I want to journal, then you gotta, then you have to set aside time to journal, whether that's once a week or I try to journal at least once a week, but multiple times a week, I write down some stuff, kind of track my journey. Um, but it, I mean, I've got the flexibility in my schedule to have a like. I don't know if I'm going to call it a retreat day or a day of solitude or whatever, but that's intentional that contributes to the overall whole of my life posture, both in being human and person of faith and following Christ and a husband and a dad and um, uh, a Christian. Um, I've got the flexibility and schedule. or I can just go get out in the wilderness if I want to. Why am I not doing that? It's just a wish right now. Um, I'm not setting the goals of that dream. So I need to. I need to do that. This is my annual/slash year and a half reminder, Chris, that I wasn't prepared for the conviction on, but I'm it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Here's what I'm wanting to um maybe wrap up with is just any little um tips that you would give people in two parts. One that are wanting to seek out a pilgrimage like this, and you've kind of already done that a little bit, but maybe just more specifically kind of narrowed in what are tips for someone that's seeking this type of um uh solving by walking pilgrimage um i use a prayer labyrinth in that way or just going on a walk every once in a while which a prayer labyrinth is just a walk in a pattern really um but i think of that as pilgrimage (laughs) Mm. um so what's tips for people that want to get started with that or try it or go on a trek like this and then any any gear tips That are updated for you just from a practical standpoint of being on the trail and 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 maybe advice on gear
1: oh wow um i mean as far as just like entry level pilgrimage steps to take um i mean i think it it can be as simple as taking two or three hours out of a day and finding you know a local spot to to hike or to walk um and actually with Intervarsity um christian fellowship they've put out some resources lately and i've used three of these now they basically have these audio recordings that are like um doing like a virtual pilgrimage experience and so they basically have these audio recordings that go along with you know like um one is uh was about basically saint patrick um and kind of the life story of saint patrick and you'd listen for an hour an audio recording for an hour and basically go out on a walk and they would have kind of cues and prompts and things to do as you're out walking which is really cool so um that's something to check out and i think people can find that by looking up the via divina um I don't know if that's the website or whatever, but if you Google Via Divina, InterVarsity, I N T E R V A R S I T Y, that's a great resource. I'm sure there's some other resources like that, but I think having some sort of like coach or audio guide in your head as you're engaging in a pilgrimage experience, because some people just don't even know like what, like how to do that. I'm going to go for a hike. Um, what do I say? What do I do? what do I pray, what scripture do I use, or whatever, how much structure do I need, or do I just walk and see what happens, Um, but anyway, I I would encourage people to, you know, just look up some resources, or figure out some ways to just take some baby steps in that direction, Um, and just start small, you know, with stuff. Now, if anybody is interested in the whole, like, backpacking sort of thing, and like, getting out on trails hiking um uh, living in the woods for a couple of days or something like that um that is a a whole gear um rabbit trail you know to to walk down with folks um and it ain't cheap uh to to gear up for for certain things it's taken me several years to basically uh, fine tune my my gear and set up and Um, when you're backpacking, you're trying to minimize the weight that you're carrying and things like that. And the lighter a piece of gear is, the more expensive it is. So, you know, you can have a cheap, you know, $50 tent from Walmart, but it might weigh five or six pounds. Um, and the big Agnes tent that you really should be using, uh, that's the one I use. Um, the tiger wall URL by big Agnes, um, but that's a, that's a $400 tent. Wow. It it weighs like a pound. So, um, so anyway, there's a whole rabbit trail. So don't, don't buy crazy gear. Find people that have gear, borrow gear. I actually borrowed gear. I borrowed a backpack from somebody. Um, So a really good backpack can set you back a couple hundred bucks or more. Um, So borrow gear, you know, before you go buy stuff and start trying out. Um. But yeah, the gear thing is tricky because you got to take care of your kind of your big three items, your tent, your pack, um, and your sleep system. Um, so, you know, are you going to sleep? Are you going to do a tent? Are you going to do a hammock thing? Um, certain places are great for hammocking and some places there aren't enough good trees to set up a hammock. So don't, so don't try to hammock in a place where there aren't enough trees. Um, <laughs> you, you know, are overnight check what's what's the low temperature going to be and make sure your bag is rated 10 degrees less than that because they never rate bags properly um that's so a good tip
0: right there if, oh, if that's were, a game
1: changer you're cold at night it is miserable and um so you gotta have the right sleep pad you gotta have the right you know insulation between you and the ground because if you try to just put your bag in the tent on the ground you're gonna freeze um you got to have some kind of layer between you and the ground. Um, yeah. And then all the other kind of gear, I mean, there's camp stoves, there's, you know, what are you going to do with food? Are you going to cook food? Or are you going to take all the easy kind of just unpack it and eat it kind of foods? Um, you know, but the average person, I, the first trip I ever took, I, I ended up with like a 45 pound pack just taking everything i had like a hatchet i had like a camp chair all this all this extra stuff you think you need while you're out on the trail but if you've got more than 30 35 pounds in your back you're gonna be hurting Hmm. you gotta make some choices gotta do that shakedown minimal yeah but don't go out and buy a bunch of gear um until you kind of play with some things and whatever so Anyway, that's my recommendations for gear kind of stuff. Um tents, they always say buy like don't buy a one-person tent. They're too small. You need a two-person tent so you can spread out your gear a little bit inside. Mm. The tent. Um yeah, I don't know. What else? The backpacker meals are great, but they're super expensive. So you can buy Mountain House meals for like 10 bucks each. Um or you can buy those uh instant potatoes um potatoes all rotten and cut up a slice of spam um and then you could eat for like two bucks a meal um but nice there's a lot of different yeah go uh, yeah
0: good stuff man chris it's just it's good catching up with you and it's good hearing about the trail and i look forward to the next time that that you do it, and if you're willing to share, and we can share it with everybody else, and I know Jeremy's going to listen to all of this. He can't wait for this to come out so that he can, so that he can be all caught up, and then we'll we'll go find him, and we'll we'll get back on the trail with him on the MCast for our next session together. It's fun to
1: explore some of our various, you know, hobbies and interests, and how they integrate with our spirituality and our lives.
0: Yeah. It is. Well, dude, thanks again for sharing. We'll call it good for now.
1: And um appreciate you, man. Cool. Hey. Pray with your feet. Solvi tour ambulando. Peace.